Welcome, it's a Tuesday evening. It is the second day of August, 2022. Lots of twos there. I'm sure somebody's done the math. Just wait until the 22nd month. Wait until the 22nd day of the 22nd month this year. It's going to be 22-22-2022. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's just get the uh, the announcement up up front. Uh, there was a rescheduling with Roseanne Barr. I'll let you know all about that very soon. Going to get on the phone uh, with her people tomorrow to get that all squared away. Nothing serious. Everything's fine. And pl- trust me, we have so much to do tonight that we're going to fill up every every moment that we have together. I better get started really quick. So don't worry about that, ladies and gents. It's still a packed month. We're still booking into September, and great things are happening, and Roseanne will be on soon. She sends her apologies. She says she didn't want to let anybody down, but it's okay. We'll get on with it. So here's what we have going on tonight. Brandon bombs the dead. What does that mean? Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We've got a dead Al-Qaeda. You remember them? Yeah, neither do they. Uh, we got dead Al-Qaeda leader. So that means we have about a couple of days, or maybe already have been introduced to the new head honcho is going to be, who will be offered up as a a, 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 a a headlines win for whatever president needs to show a scalp whenever they're in dire straits. Just, just kill an Al-Qaeda guy whenever you're doing terrible. Anybody, any president over the last 25 years gets to do that. So we have that. We have a little bit of Pelosi, the the whole thing with Taiwan. Everybody was watching it, following the bouncing ball. So we got that. I have a lot of emails that have come in about the lotto, lotto theories and things like that. That will lead right into a reminder on the theory about whether or not Jeffrey Epstein won the Powerball lottery during his 2008 prison stint. And, And remember, that was a... That was when they were doing the the uh, leap year investigations. That was the big investigation that got that got buried. But we got that, and then there's a little bit more on a spiritual awakening aspect. So I want in the second half. I've got this story about Kat Von D. Now I don't know what where she's heading in her life, but apparently she has thrown away all of her dark arts materials. Her her books on the occult, Ouija boards, whatever the hell it was, her obsession with the macabre and all of that. And she wants to move out of the darkness and into the light, she says. And I don't know what the hell's going on in her personal life. It's an interesting thing and good for her. But it made me want to ask a question of the audience. So we'll do that in the second half. And that's how we'll end the show. But for now, we have so many, so many exciting things to do. I want to thank my sponsor, Blue Monster Prep, bluemonsterprep.com. What else can I say about these guys? Well, guy and gal. Get over to bluemonsterprep.com, especially if you're in New York, because you don't know what the hell is coming our way, whether it's going to be a, uh, there's a lot of rumors floating around here. But we know what the PSAs have been telling us to do, and I, it, it's just good for everybody, no matter where you are. 
Because, you know, even if you're in the most remote part of the country, geoengineering can still get you. So it's an internet superstore for all of your prepping needs. Don't get burned out. Whatever you do, set a little bit of a side, get a little bit more food, a little bit more this, a little bit more that. Make sure you have all the gauze you need. You just never know. You never, never know. But uh, Pat and Gina, they will put you on the right track if you don't know where to start and you don't know how to use limited funds. But make sure this is a great way of investing money into a physical form of insurance. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, and at whatever pace you can. BlueMonsterPrep.com, promo code FRANKLY. Go ahead and head on over there after the show. All right. What do we have on the grab bag? Now, this is going to be a little bit more of a dense grab bag, and I, uh, we're just going to jump in. Number one, this Friday we're going to be doing the deer scene, and we already have 19, 19 thought-provoking entries on the official thread on Reddit. That is the forum. Go over there and check it out and get your deer scene in there. This might be the first year that you want to do it. They have something to say. Something might have happened from last year to now. Anyway, Friday is going to be a wonderful, wonderful night together, and I am looking forward to that, and you still have time to get in on it. From the Wall Street Journal, shark attacks in the U.S., gay shark attacks in the U.S., total 28 so far this year. Mostly just tickles and nibbles. Nothing too bad. You know. Um, But yeah, I wanted to put that out there because now the number is up to 28. So sharks be biting. Here's a headline. Rudy Giuliani slams George Soros after billionaire claims DAs that he funds aren't to blame for the crime wave. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. All all the the, the district's uh, district's, uh, attorney... That are out there, district attorneys that are out there, that are not prosecuting anybody, and are allowing them to go on the street, violent crimes, theft, everything, and actually incentivizing them with more reasons to go out and commit more crime. Yeah, they, they, that, that's nothing to do with it. But billionaire agitator, as he's being covered in zero heads, George Soros has penned an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Good for the Wall Street Journal giving him a platform, defending his district attorneys against accusations that their soft on crime approach is responsible for soaring crime across the country, which is absolutely ridiculous that it it, it couldn't be. I have been involved in efforts to reform the criminal justice system for more than 30 years. I have been a philanthropist. These fucking creeps. Yet our system is rife with injustices that make us less safe, Soros writes. I know every day that you're around and people who carry water for you are around, we're never going to be safe. We're never going to be totally safe because you're always going to be plotting and scheming to make sure that everyday life is disrupted and terror is injected into our lives so that someone like you can get whatever fucking dystopian vision for the future along with all of your buddies at the World Economic Forum. So you'll continue plotting to make sure that terror is injected into everybody's lives. According to Soros, citing the most rigorous academic study, the violent crime in recent years has generally been increasing more quickly 
in jurisdictions without reform-minded prosecutors. Murder rates have been rising fastest in some Republican states led by tough-on-crime politicians. Uh, notice the focus on rising versus historic highs experienced across major cities under the watch of his DAs. What else is Soros? Uh, what else is Soros blame? A disturbing rise in mental illness among young people due to isolation imposed by COVID lockdowns. Uh, I would say it's the, the the layering in of terrible education, which is really doesn't give anybody any life skills. It's just pretty much about how you can turn somebody's mind into scrambled eggs and destroy their critical thinking. The pullback in policing in the wake of public criminal justice reform protests. Yes. Well, actually, that's that. That's that's fair. Don't pull them back. An increase in gun trafficking. Well, the more you ban guns, the more guns are going to be trafficked. I I don't understand. I don't understand that. But this is a a supervillain. This is a real life supervillain. And he's he's giving he's been given some precious pages over there at the Wall Street Journal. Now here's another freak. Merrick Garland, who I am, I am almost convinced that Kyle, Kyle Dunnigan has based his Wendell character on. I am almost convinced because it's uncanny. He's got the cotton mouth and everything. He's got that shovel head. He's a real, real wimp. Real pipsqueak son of a bitch. Well, this pipsqueak is suing Idaho over a near total ban on abortion, which has nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. The Justice Department filed a lawsuit against Idaho on Tuesday, challenging the state's near-total ban on abortion, which will take effect on August 25th. The lawsuit, which marks the DOJ's first challenge since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade this summer, uh, argues that the Idaho, Idaho's law would violate the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, which says that hospitals receiving Medicare funds must provide medical treatment necessary to stabilize that condition before transferring or discharging the patient. According to Tuesday's filing, the Idaho law would make it criminal offense for doctors to comply with EMTALA's EMTALA's requirement to provide stabilizing treatment even when doctor determines that abortion is the medical the medical treatment necessary. The medical treatment necessary to prevent a patient from suffering severe health risks or even death. Now there's no such thing no such thing as medically necessary abortion. Everybody, everybody knows that, right? No such thing. You're either going to induce labor, you're going to induce labor, or you're going to have an emergency C-section, and that's it. Or you're just getting an abortion. All right? It's, it's one or the other, but these are word magicians and bad, bad ones at that. But plenty of people in this country have been infantilized enough to take this as something that's, that, you know, is legally astute. But it's not. All right? You're either inducing labor, emergency C-section, or you're dialing up an abortion. You're terminating and dismembering the child. It's one or the other. I, I, have, I have never heard of a, of a medically necessary dismemberment. So anyway, here's a little bit. And then he goes on to say this. Garland claims that the Idaho, Idaho lawsuit has nothing to do 
has nothing to do with going around the Supreme Court's recent decision. It's not the Supreme Court's recent decision. Attorney General of the United States, it's the 10th Amendment. It's the, it's the Bill of Rights. The Supreme Court said that each state can make its own decisions. No, no, the Supreme Court didn't say that each state could make their own decisions. The framers of the country did. The states would not have actually even thrown down for this union if it was not that they were as autonomous and as sovereign as possible in all matters outside of regulating international trade. But once again, he's speaking to the masses of infantilized assholes out there. The Supreme Court left it to the people's representatives. EMTLA, EMTALA, was a decision made by the Congress of the United States in a legal one. In a legal one, the supremacy clause is a decision made in the Constitution of the United States. Federal law invalidates state laws that are in direct contradiction. Well, there's nothing here. You have a federal law that's illegal, so it's null and void. And the topic of abortion is, if it's going to be a topic at all, is a local decision for the state legislatures. That's it, Merrick, you dumb shovel-headed fuck. Here you go. Let's read Article 1, Section 8 together. Let's do it, because the Attorney General needs to hear it. Article 1, Section 8. This is everything that the Congress is allowed to do. These are the enumerated powers. Anything outside of this does not exist, which is why there was much uh, uh, opposition to the creating of the Bill of Rights in general, because there's no need. It's actually moot, but there's, I don't know, there's... There's for and against. We talk about this with Chris Ann Hall all the time. Here you go. Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, borrow money on the, uh, the credit of the United States to regulate commerce with foreign nations. That's because you don't want the, uh, the country, the, the country, the republic, the state of Delaware to put a tariff on Germany and Connecticut doing something different and everybody getting into trade wars internationally. Not going to happen. So they left that to the the general government, one of the very small things they can do. To establish uniform rule of naturalization, uniform laws, the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. To coin money, regulate the value thereof, to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting. To establish a post office and post roads. To promote the progress of science and useful arts, that is by allowing to, to create a copyright office and allowing people to secure intellectual property through the government. It's not that they were promoting and actually investing in art and science. They're allowing people to log their ideas. Um, To constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court. That means to be able to create the appellate courts and all of the other stuff underneath. Uh, To define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas, offenses against the laws of nations. Okay, hold on, no abortion yet. To declare war, grant letters of mark and reprisal, make rules concerning captures of land and water. To raise and support armies, no, no abortion. To provide and maintain a navy. To make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces, no. To provide for calling forth the militia to execute laws of the Union, suppress insurrections and repel invasions, uh, the militia being us. To provide for organizing, arming, and dis- disciplining the uh, militia and governing parts of them. No, or, no, no abortion. No health care? Where's, where's that? Where's tampons and Viagra? 
to exercise exclusive legislation over all cases whatsoever over such district as may, uh, by session of the particular states, the acceptance of Congress may become the seat of government. So they're talking about D.C. and having the exclusive governing over D.C., which should not exceed 10 square miles. And to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by the Constitution and the government of the United States and any department or officer. Okay, so there's nothing here, Merrick. I don't know, Merrick. So as far as whatever Mtala is, MT- they're in direct contradiction of Mtala. Mtala doesn't fucking exist. It doesn't exist. And the state of Idaho should say, go fuck yourself, Mtala, too. That's what the state of Idaho and every state should do. That's it. Little line, uh, line item veto. Goodbye. So here, listen to this. Here is a little bit of Merrick Garland, and I'm going to play you a little bit of Wendell the character Wendell the Librarian who is a a tragic but hilarious character created by Kyle Dunnigan. Here is here is uh, Merrick Garland a pipsqueak of a man bring medical emergencies under a federal law known as the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act or EMTALA every hospital that receives Medicare funds must provide necessary stabilizing treatment to a patient who arrives at an emergency room suffering from a medical condition that could place their life or health in serious jeopardy. In some circumstances, the medical treatment necessary to stabilize the patient's condition is abortion. You shovel-headed lying bastard. Now here is, here is the unfortunate. This is the, and, and let me also just say, I said Mtala illegal, Everybody making their own decisions on what they're going to do with abortion because it has been reaffirmed that it is not a federal issue at all. And now here you have the molesting federal government trying to get in on everybody's business again. Who now, it is up to, it is up to the states to completely say, get the hell out of here. Now every, I mean, he, this man alone should be arrested on site by any sheriff with a conscience. Okay, and the same goes for his minions that will be sent out into the United States to terrorize people in places like Idaho and come down with threats and lawsuits and all that stuff to try to twist their arms into compliance with murdering children. But again, remember the Civil War thread from the chans that we read together that this kind of thing would be the catalyst. A situation like this, where you just have two sets of people, two ideologies, one that is, uh, Im- is embodied by the current DOJ and uh, one that is embodied by the states and it's just going to be a game of chicken. Merrick Garland should be arrested on site for attempting this by any sheriff with a conscience. And, um, but here is Wendell. Here's Wendell the librarian. This is his first appearance one of his first, I think his first appearance, this killed me, when he just popped up on screen. And uh, the co-hosts, they just, they just didn't know what to make of him. It was fantastic. Um, as I said, my name is Wendell, I, um, and I love books. And um, I'm doing what I love because books are my friends, and I'm surrounded by my friends every day. Wait, it's just a real quick question about you're licking your lips a lot. Uh, yes, I have a medical condition where uh, the bottom lip, a lot of it is supposed to be on the inside but 
it's on the outside, so I have to moisten it uh, often. A lot of the kids at school would make fun of me. They can be cruel, but I wouldn't run home to my uh, parents. I would run home to books. I would just pour myself a, a tall glass of adventure and open a book. Wow. When I fell in love with books was when I was in junior high and I was beating something uh, merciless. When I was at the hospital for six months, I wasn't really there. I was traveling around the world with books. Wow. My first stop was Mexico with the book El Casa Rojo. <laughs> then I journeyed across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I... Listen, if you're not watching Kyle Dunnigan, I mean, he's... Oh, my gosh. You, you, we'd never need... You'd never need a Saturday Night Live... This has, he's so much, the entire cast is amazing. He is a cast of characters in himself. Oh, man, when, when Wendell showed up, I cried. Cried for days. Just hilarious. It gets better and better. Anyway, that's it. So go to hell, Merrick Garland. Go, go right to hell. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! They never do. Well, no one told me about Welcome. How many people, How many people died? I am so happy to be here with you on this Tuesday, August 2nd. It's 7.18 p.m. I just want to remind you, any and all of your thoughts that you would like to have injected, slipped into the show, you can leave them for me across all platforms by opening up a browser tab to quite frankly superchat.com and you can whatever. Doesn't matter where you watch, doesn't matter where you watch, you can contribute to the show both uh, by supporting the show with money or and or and with your thoughts. Some people send just a tip without any thoughts. 
And I just know, okay, well, they love me. And that's good enough. So what are we doing right now? Right right now I want to talk about the uh, she's not there. Who is that? I'm talking about the big great pretender, Nancy Pelosi. She arrived in Taiwan defying Beijing. Now why? Your guess is as good as mine. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, according to the Associated Press, showed up in Taiwan. House Speaker stutterer becoming the highest-ranking American official in 25 years to visit the self-ruled island claimed by China, which quickly announced that it would conduct military maneuvers in retaliation for her presence. Pelosi flew uh, aboard a U.S. Air Force passenger jet and was greeted on the tarmac at Taipei's International Airport by Taiwan's foreign minister and other Taiwanese and American officials. She posed for photos before her motorcade whisked her unseen into the parking garage of a hotel where she was quickly pumped full of the greatest, stiffest drinks they could find. IV vodka. Her visit ratcheted up tensions between China and the United States because China claims Taiwan is part of its territory and it views visits by foreign government officials as recognition of the island's sovereignty. The Biden administration and Pelosi said the United States remains committed to the so-called One China policy, which recognizes Beijing but allows informal relations and defense ties with Taipei. The speaker framed the trip as part of a broader mission at a time when the world faces a choice between autocracy and democracy. Oh, really? Is that what's going on? And what side are you on, Nance? What side are you on? Democracy. China summons U.S. ambassador overnight, says Washington must pay the price. This is according to Zero Hedge. In the middle of the night, local time, but China... It's the middle of the night local time, but China has announced the foreign ministry has summoned U.S. Ambassador to China, Nicholas Burns, in order to protest Pelosi's landing in Taiwan, where she's due to meet with Tsai Ing-wen in the morning. That was today. This, as the PLA military drills surrounding the self-ruled island are reported to be ongoing, including live fire exercises. According to a readout in state-run Global Times, China's vice foreign minister... Xi Feng summoned U.S. Ambassador to China Nicholas Burns overnight to protest, stressing that the nature of Pelosi's visit is extremely vicious and the consequence is very grave. The Chinese side will not sit idly by, they said. Further, GT writes, noting that the U.S. government, this is a quote, should have restrained Pelosi's unscrupulous move and prevented her from going against a historical trend, but instead indulged her and colluded with her. So, kabuki theater, what's going on? I don't know, but it's, this is all to, to paint Nancy Pelosi as a badass. Um, though it's taking a lot of attention away from another very important part of the world, or at least a a part of the world that was very important to us for the last couple of months. But uh, talk about following the bouncing ball, am I right? And that ball bounced right into Chinese airspace and into Taiwan, and all eyes were on the courageous silicon skeleton, Nancy Pelosi. And while that is going on, the White House made an announcement that a top Al-Qaeda leader has been killed in Kabul. 
Now, here it is. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Now, this is also the Daily Mail talking about already who's the next terror chief. See, I'm reading this. I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's really interesting. This is an administration. This is a party that is dead in the water. They didn't even get a bump in the polls from Roe versus Wade getting smashed after 50 years. They didn't get a bump in the polls from that. So what are they going to do? So they roll out a dead terrorist, which is always good. And uh, Nancy goes and bounces around in, in, in Taiwan for a little bit and goes toe-to-toe talking about autocracy and blah, blah, blah. So in August 21, that was last year, if you remember, you had Joe Biden, he exits the Afghanistan theater disastrously. I mean, it's great that it was over, but uh, you, you, you left behind all these Americans and allies and a dozen servicemen died during a bombing that it was reported we knew was coming. And then that John Kirby came out and, and pretty much uh, scolded everybody for talking about classified information. That came and went. Everybody forgot about it. And then as we were leaving, we also gifted a modern military with piles of cash to the Taliban. And that was meh. Meh. Now in August 22, 2022, there's a a recession going on. They just changed the definition. Joe Biden keeps catching COVID for some reason. But an Al-Qaeda guy gets droned. And I swear to God, for a little while this morning on Twitter, the hashtag DarkBrandon was trending. They were trying to co-opt the whole Dark MAGA thing. They were trying to co-opt the 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 Trump, you know, the Trump activated glowing eyes, all that's they're trying to co-opt it, which is really just proof that they are they lust over the kind of organic meme magic that has surrounded Donald Trump in the last 6 years at least in 2015 to 16. They lust over it. And they try the dark Brandon, because they thought that this was badass. He just caught COVID two times in a week, and the economy is melting down. What the fuck are you talking about? And can any of you even pronounce this dead terrorist name? Now, I, what is his name? Ayman al-Zahiri. Ayman al-Zahiri. Who was reported to be dead, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. But it took no longer than a couple of minutes before the Daily Mail put this one out. Is this Al-Qaeda's next terror chief? Secretive heir apparent, heir apparent who oversaw Black Hawk Down operation and helped carry out 9-11 attacks is poised to take over after Ayman al-Zawahiri was killed in Afghanistan. What's his name? What is his name? Egyptian ex-army officer Salif al-Adel was founding member of Al-Qaeda, having joined precursor terrorism group Maktab al-Kimrablab. It's just so stupid. That's why I said, you know, you know what? Why not when we bomb the new terror chief? Why don't we also bomb the second in command, the third in command, the fourth in command, the person that is going to replace him? We always know who the new heir is when you take out the, the other head. Why don't you just take them all out? Well, doesn't that seem logical? Just take out all, everybody and their replacements until there's nobody left. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. But people, people keep falling for this. Now, here is the big hubbub about this dead terror chief. 
and it, it, uh, it revolves around one report from The Sun, but The Sun was piggybacking on another r- report from Arab News. And here it is. The Sun reported in November of 2020 that this Ayman al-Zahiri that died today or yesterday was dead back then. Apparently he died from asthma, an asthma attack, an Afghan mountain hideout. So how did he die two years later? By a drone strike under President Poopy Pants. So that's, that's very odd. People say, oh, one got it wrong, one got the other. And some people said that it was widely reported, but um, it was just wrong. And he's been out there. He, he released a new video in 2021, a year after his reported death. Now, I don't know. I don't know what I believe about this. Because I mean, obviously, where have we received this news before? Where before have we received the initial reports of a famous dead terrorist who then spent the next 10 years, not one, 10 years putting out videos in which he changed size and shape and color every time? Point being, the Islamic terrorist going to that well is always one that you can go to for a rah-rah headline when you really need it. No matter what the presidency is in the last 25 years, that's what it is. And the clustering of all of these stories is the weird thing. So, you know how I said, there are windows of time where everybody says, oh, this is a distraction, that's a distraction. And I've said, well, yeah, sometimes... But there are other times when there's just a lot of things happening at once, legitimate happenings at once. I don't think that's one of those times. This week reeks of horseshit. Reeks of horseshit. And I don't know to which end it's serving, but um, we have a billion-dollar lottery drawing, Nancy's controversial trip to Taiwan, as more and more attention is being drawn away from the boondoggle in, in Ukraine. And now Joe Biden has been getting credit for killing a dead man from two years ago, which is much better than the way he spent last August, of course, as I said. But they needed momentum badly, and they've been able to create a little bit of it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it is 7.30, and I want to come back, and we're going to get to a little bit of your thoughts from the elections, whether there's going to be elections in 2022. There's one thought on that and a whole bunch of thoughts on the lottery that I want to do in that second half. Then we'll take some first half calls. Maybe flow right into things in the second. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot. Red, it, red, it, red it, get it. Ah! Ever the quite frankly, the TV. Click on the Reddit logo, join us, engage in discussion topics, share your favorite clips, watch your favorite clips. You don't have a Reddit, well, get signed up. For all them juicy deets, visit quitefrankly.tv. Oh! Spanish Armada. Uh, 1588. That is correct. your matches to Cuomo right now. Rot in hell, you son of a bitch! Cuomo, you put pineapple on your pizza and you get no pussy! You're next, DeBlasio. You're fucking next. You're next. We on your ass, boy. We on your ass, boy. If she say no, you gotta go! The Italians don't claim that kid Cuomo. 
Cuomo. We don't fuck with him. We don't fuck with that quick Cuomo. Get the fuck out of here. We got Trump in the fucking silky on Union Square. Cuomo, don't you get away with this shit? When I see you, I'm going to grab you by your fucking neck. We replacing Cuomo with Bobby Schmurda. Bobby for governor. Bobby for governor. Got some fight. Yeah. Cuomo get no pussy. Okay, so I got some of your I got some of your responses from last night's topics. Of course we are we're filling in some gaps tonight because this is right when I would be on with uh, Roseanne. And that is not happening tonight, but it will happen. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, it will happen. And I, um, the whole in the meantime, throughout history. Stuff. Now, here it is. As far as the elections, I asked you, do you believe there is any chance in hell still that either the 2022 or the 2024 elections are going to be put off, disrupted in any way, shape, or form? I got one on this, then a few more on the lottery, being whether or not the lottery is a scam. And to what degree? Obviously, you go into a casino and you play the slots and all that. You know that there's going to be a good enough chance that you leave with a little bit less money than you came with. Is a casino a complete scam? Sometimes, I don't know. I don't know. It's not a. Uh, it's not something I would stake your life on. But anyway, here's what I got from Matt. Matt says, hey, Frank, I'm not saying that this is 100% but certainly possible. On the 2022 Bilderberg docket, the, uh, the topic of continuity of government and the economy was there. To me, that means economic unrest leading to riots, civil unrest, and martial law likely at a convenient time as a last-minute move to keep Trump out. Also explains why Democrats have hardly spoken of 2024 at all. I believe it's of no concern to them. So... What do you have to say about that? I will leave that to you to, to jump on the, the bandwagon and, and give me some thoughts. I'll get to go check your super chats in a little bit, and we'll start taking some calls as well. Here's one about the lottery. Luke says, Frank, from your question last night about the lottery, the lottery is nothing but a tax on poor people. Wealthy people don't play. They dangle the possibility of an easier, so-called easier life in front of poor people for a small fee. Poor people jump at the opportunity to get out of a struggle. Meanwhile, billions are collected for the grift, like public schools. That's from Luke. Here's another one. Good day, sir. While I don't have any lottery horror stories of my own, I actually have heard of two lotto horror stories in my area. Remember, I asked for horror stories as well. One is your typical squandered it all in a year, but the other was pretty crazy. I worked at a publishing company from 2007 to 2010. One day, the press operator I worked with pointed to a guy, uh, pointed a guy out and told me he hit, the, he hit the Powerball years ago. Matched every number. The guy came in, quit his job the next day. A few days later, he came back in. 
While all of his numbers did match the big drawing that week, the ticket was bought for a previous drawing. The poor guy probably felt two inches tall when he had to come in asking for his job back. How the hell did they manage to sell a ticket with the exact set of numbers from a recent drawing? Over the course of my tenure on the printing press, I asked several company uh, lifers, and they all confirmed that the story was true. Best of luck with the big drawing, but don't deprive us of this great show if you do win. Oh, I wasn't going to win, but I just, you know, whatever. I threw a couple of bucks in with my friends, and if I won any kind of money, there's no way in hell I would stop the show. In fact... In fact, I would go and I would build myself a facility. I'd build myself a real facility. We own the land. We own everything on it. I'd relocate my whole family. So we're getting out of New York. Let's go. Let's go. We're leaving. That, uh, that would be easy. And I, just, I would just pour more of myself into this. And I hope you would remain sponsors because I'm just going to spend all the money on, on like microphones and shit. No, I'll, 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 I'll put it all in crypto. But here's another one. Another from Matt. About the lotto. Frank, these aren't quite lottery winners, as there's no lottery in Alaska. Which, by the way, I think is complete bullshit, like the McMillian scandal. But I know three separate people who won settlements of millions of dollars. One million, one million, and four million. All from various vehicular accidents. One was a legit crash. One was a fake seatbelt malfunction to defraud insurance. That ended with him being ran over by a semi on accident. Jeez. And one guy with an ex-wife who was killed by a self-driving car in Phoenix with no next of kin. All ended up strung out on meth and heroin, spending the money on cars and partying. Likely the only thing that still remains from these millions is a pair of fake tits on my ex. Wait, where does your ex come into this? Wait a second. Where does your ex come into this, Matt? Anyway, he says, I can think of at least three other cases off the top in, uh, off the top in the hundreds of thousands that ended in the same way. If you don't earn the money, it means nothing to you. I hope this qualifies. Cheers. Yeah, it does qualify because I think it speaks to a larger problem. It speaks to a larger problem. What your relationship with two money is matters. It's a, it's a serious thing. And it's something, it's a relationship that actually needs to be kindled. Now, here's one last thing on the, the lottery, because this was sent in as part of all the emails that I received. And it is an old August 11th, 2019. Can't believe we're coming up on this already. Three years since Jeffrey Epstein was killed. It's an Inquisitor.com article, and it asks a question about a theory that was being pushed around at the time. Did Jeffrey Epstein win the Powerball lottery during his 2008 prison stint? Back in July, Bloomberg published a piece that touched on a possibility that convicted sex offender and accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, who allegedly took his life Saturday, won the Powerball lottery. He reportedly did so while he was in prison for soliciting and procuring sex from an underage prostitute in 2008. That's one way of saying it. 
The article highlights that in August 2008, an entity called Zorro Trust submitted the winning ticket, purchased at a convenience store in Altus, Oklahoma, for an $85 million jackpot. Epstein reportedly had an entity called Zorro Trust that used to donate to politicians in New Mexico where he owned his Zorro Ranch. Although a lawyer representing Epstein's alleged victims brought up the potential lottery win in a deposition with Epstein's former pilot, the Oklahoma City newspaper announced Powerball discovered that the winner was an anonymous female who worked at a grocery store across the street from where the winning ticket was sold. Bloomberg reports that Epstein didn't win the lottery. The woman that did simply did simply use the same name for her trust as a disgrace as a disgraced financier. Epstein's alleged suicide has sparked skepticism and conspiracy theories per the Inquisitor. Prison experts are shocked that the financier was off suicide watch. We were shocked that he was on suicide watch. But there you have it. So there is nothing there. But I, but I will say this. That seems, unless somebody that has actually worked with the lottery in a, a state at a high level that can talk to me about the mechanics of these things, even though the mechanics wouldn't sell me on, on this not being possibly rigged, now you have the on-air, you have the drawings. We know that you can draw, you can you can rig all of the balls with the weighted balls and all that stuff inside of the uh, the drawing balls when you do that on television. But thing, the numbers that are just electronically drawn, I don't I don't trust that just one bit. And I can see how anybody with the power can use this as a way to launder money, launder money, or create a ridiculous stream of income. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a one-point-something billion-dollar jackpot? You take about $400 billion or more off the top for taxes, and then the person, the person who wins it, depending on who they are, if everybody says that it's usually an older person that's on their deathbed, or do they have next of kin? Because you think about the estate tax, if they have no next of kin, it goes to the state. That is just, uh, it's possible that it could just be mop-up duty for just chump change. Although the kinds of the kinds of dollar amounts that this government works with are just are really silly, a billion dollars is nothing anymore in the grand scheme of things. It would change our lives, of course, but um, it's nothing. Seems like a lot of work. Seems like a lot of work for a very small payoff when you're dealing in trillions. So, okay. I'm going to get to some super chats and open up the phone lines. 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. We'll take in some calls from Discord as well. So don't be shy. we got plenty to do. And in the second half, we're going to jump into the, uh, actually a little bit more on Epstein in the second half. Because Joe Rogan uh, showed up to the party uh, years and years late again. You gotta listen to this one, but it it leads into everything else that we're we're going to talk about with Kat Von D and and uh, spiritual awakenings. I want to get that on the on the the uh, the, the uh, table here. All right, Matt Senft says hello, Frank and Roseanne. Well, that's five. <laughs> Thanks a lot. What are you? Well, I'll tell Roseanne that you said hi. Thank you, Matt. It's great to have you out there. Linda Lou 22 says, Frank, I love your show and all that you do to make it great. Love it when you talk about uh, talk about Aurora. Please say I'll please say Al Zawahiri. 
Zawahiri about 10 times because I'm laughing my ass off over here. Also, please say President Poopy Pants more often. Love you. Well, I'm not going to say it 10 more times. I'll, I'll Zawahiri. Zawahiri. Al Zawahiri. Uh, no, that's the Chinese. That's the Japanese saying it. Al Zawahiri. Oh. <laughs> Master Shredder. All right, we're going to Hello Kitty. Says hi, Frank. This is for Lauren while on vacation. Thank you so much, Kitty. I'm going to tell, I'll tell Lauren that you have a special gift. She, you have a special gift for her. Thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful people out there. Thank you, Kitty. Karina says, "Hey, Frank, what's the storyline meaning behind your sleeve tattoo?" I, uh, there's. This is a an old school East Coast collection arm. There is really no storyline to it. Every piece does have was chosen for very specific reasons. I don't have that I don't have time to do that. It's been a long time since anybody's asked me about my tattoos. But this is just little things after a while and once everything was completed then I just had everything filled. I said, you know, just give me some smoky, wispy things to fill it all together. Pretty much like the gelatin in head cheese that keeps all the, the chunks of bullshit together. That's really, uh, that's really what it is. But I appreciate you asking. Maybe one day we'll go through all that. We can have a tattoo conversation, which I know is going to be enthralling. Rev Olution says, hey, Frank, buried dad yesterday. Thank you so much again for your kind words. I can't thank you enough for the past week's how to uh, past week's shows to help soothe, especially Friday with Matt. I needed the humor much more, hoping to get back to regular live rhythm again. Do don't worry about that, Rev. You don't want worried about that. You just do what you got to do and take care of the family and yourself, and just breathe through it and don't repress anything. Let it all out. Just empty the bucket. Do it. Very sorry, and uh, sending my condolences once again. On Rumble, Selling the Farm says, it's always a great day when I catch Frank. It's always a great day to see you in the chat room selling the farm. Thank you a million. Thank you a million. Oh, there's somebody else. Uh, An Elixir says, love and support your channel and all in the chat. And I hate that they continue to screw this up in Rumble. Uh, thank you for sticking it out and doing all that you do and keeping us informed. And to keep questioning a media's narrative. What else is there? You know, and we're going to do a lot more off topic as we've been doing, we've been doing, but we're going to inject more. You know, the news is, ugh. you know, Friday's going to be great. Thursday will be great with, with, uh, Polly. Tomorrow we have Danny Katz on. We'll be talking about word etymology and spells and curses and whatever that we, that we cast on ourselves without knowing just with our inner dialogue alone. And uh, maybe in the second half of tomorrow, I pull out one of those threads on the spooky West, you know, old ancient monuments in the American Southwest. Good stuff out there. Or we can do a Mothman thread, something like that. Take some calls. Thank you, everybody on Foxhole. They're all trickling in. Let's take a call. Hey, what's going on? King 40. You just get back from Taiwan? Hey, what's happening, baby? Hello? Did you go to Taiwan with uh, Nancy Pelosi today? Hey. Hey, you there? You there? Do you hear me? 
barely. Hold on. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you great. Okay. Hey, you missed one news story um, I noticed. What was that? Well, um, the Obamas, they was at the White House the other day, uh -huh. right? And uh, Joe, he uh, had taken Obama aside, was talking like to Obama about some business away from the wife and kids. And Obama says to Joe, he says, you know, Joe, I notice you like to sniff the kids, Joe. But I also notice, Joe, you never smell my kids, Joe. Are you racist, Joe? And Biden says, of course not. I can smell your kids from here. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. So I guess the, uh, the Obama kids stink. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, and, and where, where, did, where did the transcript of this exchange get published? This is really, this is really, uh, hot stuff. I, I forget, I forget where I heard it, but it was a pretty big news story. I'm surprised you didn't hear about it. No, that's a huge news story. I'm surprised I didn't hear about it either. Well, I'm glad I was able to be the one to break it to you. Well, thank you. You know, you should be more... Right here, an exclusive on Quite Frankly. You should do more correspondence work. You should actually report from the scene of, of certain stories. I call, can do that for you. Yeah, call, call in like, a, like the old school reporters. Say, I'm here at the scene of so-and-so, yeah. and yeah. I can do that for you. All righty. All right, brother. You have a good night. I just wanted to break that news story for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure it'll make headlines tomorrow. All right. All right. Take care. Be good. Um, you know, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about King 40 before because I was, I was remembering that old Adam Sandler skit respect. And I was thinking about one of the grandparents in that, in that skit. I said, that sounds like King 40. In my head, at least. I, I read it. I listen to it again. It might be bad. All right. Anyway, let's go. Take another call. Four zero six. You're on the air. Hey, hello. Hello. Hey, Frank. hey what's going on? Not much. Uh, this is Lucky, your youngest listener. My oh. Mom is a patron. Lucky. You said Lucky. Yeah. Now, were you now? Were you the one that sent me a super chat yesterday? Yeah. Wow, wow. So how long have you been watching? I know you're 14 now, but how long have you been watching? Yeah, about three years. Wow. Jeez. So, 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 so what do you like about the show? I love your humor, and I just like seeing you butcher that Al-Qaeda guy's name. That oh. was my favorite part so far. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, you send me in. The more that we start talking about Al-Qaeda, the more I'll have things to butcher that and whenever we talk about stories that take place in france i'm i'm hopeless exactly yeah okay so um well, i did take french in school this last year so is that what was just Still an, don't it, understand a word i was gonna say was it an intro course or have you been taking french for a while just an intro course okay um let me ask you something when uncle frank over here uh goes on a tirade and he says bad words do do i ever uh do i ever make things uncomfortable over there in your living room no not really okay well that's good i always hear i always conscious of that i leave i leave the the studio on some nights and i kick myself for going too far Hey, it's fine. I, I hear worse at home. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's what I like to know. That's what I like to know. Now I don't feel so bad, Lucky. Yeah. Well, so. if you come down to Montana, we can have a good time. Well, if I come up to Montana, you best believe 
Yes. Yeah, I will I will uh, I will induct you into my my militia when I take over the rest of the state. Exactly. I'll be right there. Do you have a ranch, Lucky? Uh no, we just live in Great Falls. Okay. Is it like a, you, you but you have like a big yard and all that stuff? Oh yeah, we got a good sized yard. What about what about what about the sights around you? Do you see mountains in the distance or are you surrounded by yes, forests? Do. Oh, you have mountains. What does the air smell? Yep. What does the air smell like, Lucky? Well, just about the same as air, so no. not really much of a smell. No, I, I get you. But it doesn't smell like uh, car exhaust, like over here in New York, right? Sometimes. Depends on the part of town you're in. Yeah, it depends on how close you are to the car, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Did you, do, you, uh, do, you, do you fire guns? Oh, yeah. Nice. I love shooting. That's great. I think I think I have seven guns of my own. Well, do you do you guys have enough land where you do target practice legally in your backyard, or do you have to go to a range? Oh, uh, we go to a range. My stepdad he does long range shooting, so a thousand plus yards, and come out we could teach you. Well, that I, that would be awesome. So, so is your stepdad? Uh, was he like a marine sniper or something? Nope. He's in the air force, and he got into it a couple years ago for fun, and now he's. Sponsored by a few big companies like Vortex, and he goes all around the country and shoots. Thousand plus yards. That's incredible. Well, if I go come up to uh, Montana with the family, I'll make sure I bring my pink Red Ryder gun with me, and we will uh, we'll have a, a, a BB fest. All righty. Well, my mom wants to say hi to you, Frank. Okay, okay go ahead. Frank, I have tried to call you like a hundred times, and I've never gotten through. Well, leave it to Lucky. <laughs> I know it's his name. He's always lucky. We love you. Well, this was such a, a a nice call. I love getting calls like this, and I'm so happy that you guys got through. It sounds like you have a very, very nice, amazing, fresh, outdoorsy life up there. It's amazing. And you know what? One time on the Sunday stream, we were talking about shooting, and you made a hysterical comment about me shooting you and soldiers from a tree or something yeah oh oh yeah that sounds like me i don't know how many times i've talked about u.n soldiers getting it when they come here <laughs> so and it's, it's so true we're ready for it uh well i appreciate thanks. you thank you and and th- thank lucky again and and uh send send my best to your husband as well we will okay have a good night all right bye-bye night. take care take care everybody there you go lucky and mom Man, that does, that does sound like me. So those blue helmets, they make good targets. Okay, let's take uh, 754. One more call. 619, you're on the air. What's going on? Yes, yes. Um, Hello? Yes, yeah, yeah. This is uh, uh, yeah, but you get, you got to take me off a speakerphone. You sound like you're, I don't know where you are, like between dimensions. Between dimensions. Actually, I have you on my phone. Uh, hold on. Does it still sound like that? Is it sound? It sounds like you're on speak. I'm on speakerphone. Okay, let me speak. Uh, better, better. A lot Sorry. better. There you go. Okay, go ahead. All right, hey man, I just I, I love your show, man. Love love the drums, man. What what's your band's name? I need to I need to know. Set the charge. Set the charge. We um set, yeah. Set, Okay. Yeah. Um, and check out a band called Car Bomb. Car Bomb. 
they have the craziest drummer you will ever hear. I'd love to listen to it, Car Bomb. I'll, I'll keep that in, in, in mind. I'm actually going to be doing a lot yeah. more streams just from the drums soon. I, I've had to do a lot of making up. Uh, we're remaking the entire music room again, but you know, even without the band, I'm going to be going live from the drums a little bit more, putting together playlists again and having a good time. I feel very detached from it all. I'm actually very excited to getting that done again. But uh, what else do you have for me, man, aside from uh, some trading music? Uh, I uh, I used to live in Montana. I lived in Montana for like ten years, and I can tell you that the air it smells great. Really? I mean, I, I live here in California now, a little California, but um, you know, it's nothing like over there, man. I mean, it's probably one of the best sights you'll ever see over in Big Sky and Yellowstone and all that stuff. That's what I like but, to uh, hear. That's what I, I I like to hear stuff like that because I'll tell you, it is um, it's I don't know, it's a it's a place I definitely want to see. And I don't know how long I'd be able to stay, but it's a place I definitely want to see. And I'm, I'm very jealous of people that have those settings now because um, they're, they're probably thinking about the least that the rest of us are in these big city centers that, that used to be metropolises and, and the, the center of, uh, of, of secular culture. And it's just not very stable anymore and makes us wonder. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm praying for you and your family and stuff and, you know, um, you know, because anytime I hear anything about New York and stuff, I always think of you, man. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Thankfully, I'm. I don't know if I'm really in a blast radius. Maybe I am, depending on how big, the, <laughs> depending on how big the bomb is. I'm in the blast radius, but uh, I, I, I guess we all we we all are in the blast radius, you know, individually. Yeah. You know, so yes. We all. Yeah. Well, your your so call. Thank you. thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. And what's your name again? Uh, it's Jeremy. Jeremy. I'm going to say, hold on, hold on. Jeremy, Jeremy, give me a, a nickname. Jeremy something. Uh, Veriday. Jeremy Meriday. All right. Next time you call Ver in. Uh, Ge- Veriday, Veriday. It's oh. Spanish for green. Oh, you got it. Jer- Jeremy Veriday. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. That's how good my ears are right Thank now. You. Well, anyway, Jeremy, <laughs> next time you call in, I'll know it's you. Thanks again for everything. I'll talk to you in a bit. Um, now, for everybody out there who was asking yesterday, I had another music question yesterday. Um, after the intermission, we're going to go on intermission right now, but right afterwards, we're going to flow right into a song that my brother wrote on his solo uh, album that it came out a couple of years ago, self-titled Val Biro, and it was a song called Pretend to Live, and I said it was going to have a little bit of a Volbeat meets Louis Prima kind of a thing, and... Um, this one was masterfully animated. So if you want to see a little bit of the stuff that I hopefully will be doing, uh, you know, contributing to with Anthony on the side, uh, outside of Set the Charge in the future, uh, this is it. So I hope you enjoy that. We will be back in just a moment, taking more calls and doing another big topic that I want to pull right out of you. Okay? So don't go anywhere. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Yeah, intermission. 
Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? It used to be fun, now it's slowly killing me. I may have a problem, according to Google. I'm convinced there's no fixing me. It feeds, it feeds, it feeds on my weaknesses. It stays, it stays, it stays on my love. It sleeps, it sleeps, it sleeps. When I pretend to live, had you under control?
Did you like that? We are musicians first and foremost here. Broadcasters second. It's become a little bit more of a primary for me, but I'm uh, I'm trying to keep one on par with the other because it's very important for me to be for Aurora to remember me as a musician as well. And um, but that's that's all. I'm telling you, Anthony. Uh, Anthony came into where we there was a little divergence there. It was around 2005 when our metal band that we were playing in since high school broke apart. And it was just me and Anthony. So we had to start thinking about what is our direction going to be? Let's get a little... So we started thinking melodic. We still have that, that hard rock heavy metal edge. It's something we couldn't shake for a long time. But at that point, the everything just opened up. So I started thinking... I'm going to put a little bit more time into formulating this broadcast stuff. Anthony started becoming a master songwriter, in my opinion. We just focused on our craft, and we always came together to do the um, the performance and the recording and all that stuff, but uh, that's just what we did. I learned how to write a show. He learned how to really, really write a song and produce songs and... And here we have it. So I'm hoping that we can give you a lot of cool things to listen to and watch over the next few years and beyond. Because that's that's really where the, the heart and the soul is at this point. So here we are in the second half of the show. And I am looking into whether or not we have some new Super Chats coming in. And then we'll get into this second round of stories. Silky Johnson. And man, let's see. Oh, Silky Johnson said something else. He's over down here. He says, Frank, it blows my mind when I see AIDS-riddled freaks like Garland have a hissy fit over a state making its own laws. You think it should be standard for politicians to have an understanding of how government works? Well, they, they're, they're, re, they're remaking government. But the thing is that they don't have reality on their side. They're LARPing this and they're trying to bring people along for the LARP. And if more people understand that they're lying and that the only way to make it go away is for us to collectively, poof, you don't exist, Freddy Krueger, get the fuck out of here. I mean, that's really it. It's really it. The The charade only has, it only has breath because we breathe life into it. 
So, and whether or not he has AIDS, I don't, that's, I did not say anything like that. Headley Bear says, hey Frank, can you give my mom, Scarlett, a birthday shout out and some prayers for her upcoming surgery on the 4th? Much love and thanks for all that you do. Headley, yes. Happy birthday, mom. Headley's mom. And you're going to do just fine. And I can't wait to get... I know what's going to happen. It's going to be August 5th or it's going to be August 8th, the next month, the next week. And Headley's going to send me a super chat. And they're going to say, Frank, mom came out with flying colors. Everything's fine. And you're going to be so relieved it's all behind you. And I hope that you're well and that recovery is well too. And I'll see you on the other side. So thank you both. Uh, Sleuth Sister says, more to the Epstein lottery story. Read the rest. Hold on. I'll have to, you know, send me, send me that uh, to the email. I can't do that right now. But send me to the email, and maybe I'll add on to that tomorrow before I call up Polly. Polly would like a story like that. Maybe I'll just bring it up with her and ask her if she knows anything about the lottery that Jeffrey Epstein supposedly, allegedly, did or did not win. And Silky Johnson says again, uh, says, hey, man, they are really angry that the states get to decide how abortion happens. Why do they have such a bloodlust? I get they want baby parts, but good Lord. It's, it's mind control. Yes, there's a financial incentive for some people, and there's billions of dollars of financial incentive for some people, but it's mind control. Think about the mind control aspect if you have been able to successfully do this to generations of women, to have this to, to, to this kind of a stance on an issue like that, that's mind control. And you're trying to keep people in their selective pens. So it always comes down to that. It always comes down to that. How are you limiting? How have you designed an issue to limit a person's ability to think and reason? It's all mind control. There is no worthy, there's no worthy argument. But they stand by it anyway. Um, let's see here. Let us see. New York State of Mind Crystal Shop says, Just tuning in, caught your band playing live on the time. You guys are actually professional. It took a long time to get professional. Long time to get professional. But it happens. You, you, I can show you some stuff that'll make you cringe. I have a lot of stuff that'll make you cringe. But you have to get through that, and you have to have uh, you have to have people who are willing to support you through those phases. And thankfully, we had that. Thankfully, we all did. All right, over there on Rockfin. On Rockfin, Todd Fife supported the show with a very generous tip. And now we have Patriot Angie for Liberty. Frank, hello. I would love to see you do a thread, a thread line and call-ins for people in the medical field, strange happenings, funny happenings. I've got a lot of stories. Hee hee. Hmm. Uh, Patriot Angie for Liberty, please send me a copy of this this, uh, thread idea to my email so I can do that. I'm going to be making a few more threads soon. One of them is going to be designed for a Saturday night show, and that is stories of you catching either grandparents or your parents doing it. Now, I don't have any stories like that, but over the weekend, I heard a story that just left me mouth agape. 
all right that's going to be like you walking in or here it just and just your your world was at least for that moment shattered by seeing your parents or your grandparents or an aunt and uncle whatever it is doing it that's coming and so are they but that thread is going to be for a saturday night i heard no no that's going to be a funny one that's going to be a real funny one the circumstance what were you how did you play it off so that's coming. Some people say, no, gross. Okay, then don't tune in that night. Oh, don't worry, I won't. <laughs> then don't tune in. So that's going to be a funny one. So there's going to be more. There's going to be more of that coming up. So let's see here. On, I'm now on to the rumble. Oh, and nobody's there. On to the foxhole. Sean Joe, thank you for all the cookies. Tofu TV, thanks for being you, Frank. Keep up the good vibes. Oh, you got it. Anything for you. Anything for you. Giving you a cookie instead of buying a lottery ticket. Well, you know what? I'll probably never buy a lottery ticket again. I was just caught up in group talk, group think. I said out to hell with it. Because it would make things a lot easier. Dixie Six, you should have Adrian Curry as a guest. She was the first top model winner and escaped Hollywood. I've heard of her name. I've that name is familiar. I just don't know. I don't know who it is, though. Um, I would love to to hear that. We're gonna have John Paul Rice on. I told you that yesterday. I was been talking to him. I didn't even know that we were following each other on Twitter. I didn't know I was talking to him, and we would spoken. We'd have interactions over the last couple of years in DM and I just thought he was a cool guy and I liked the show and I didn't realize it was John Paul Rice. I've, in, in that time I've seen many of my friends interview him, very compelling interviews, a producer who has blown the whistle on how children are treated in Hollywood and how the entire thing is just a, a, a mess but at the same time he's also somebody who has put all of his, his time into actually creating independent independent uh, produced and financed film projects that are outside of Hollywood just being a part of that parallel economy and there's a lot of people doing that a lot of great storytellers that are just trying to do their thing because as you can see when it comes to what's his name John Rich he has that number one music the uh, another one number one song that he released primarily on Truth Social what do you need what do you need big movie houses for? You can crowdfund everything. And there are more and more disaffected people out there who are just ready, ready for something new, something fresh, and to actually be a part of something. That's a way for the, the, for the audience to feel like they were a part of a really revolutionary uh, birth of an industry. And it, uh, it is true. It is like that. So I'd love to talk to anybody that is, um, that's escaped Hollywood. Ro uh, Roseanne Barr, I had some Hollywood questions for her tonight, too. So, so yeah. She was married to Peter Brady, says Michelle in the chat room. Uh, but, yeah. I'll figure it. I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. I'd love, to, I'd love to have more people on like that. Okay, so here we have something that I want to talk about. The first one up, since we were talking a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein before, he was in the 
the headlines today for another reason, because Joe Rogan, who is either very slow or is just intentionally being obtuse as always, very late to the show, late to the party, headline, Rogan, Jeffrey Epstein may have been CIA or Mossad spy. Like it was an intelligence operation. Whether it was uh, the Mossad or whether it was the CIA or whether it was a combination of both. Mm -hmm. It was an intelligence operation. They were... Yes. Yes. Welcome. Indeed. So what was it? So what was it? And it it goes even deeper than that. Goes even deeper than that. Yes, blackmail holds the world together, but this is something that came out of Glasgow yesterday. This is from the BBC. Eleven have now been accused of child sex ring and witchcraft in Glasgow. Eleven people are accused of taking part in a child sex ring which allegedly involved witchcraft, violence, and neglect. Seven men and four women are charged in abusing three young children in Glasgow during a 10-year period. It was claimed the children were raped at different times while some of the group did clap, cheer, verbally encourage, as well as video it. One girl was said to have been shut in a microwave. What? what? A, a microwave? How big was... Anyway, it's, it's horrible. One way or another. It was also alleged that children were forced to take part in satanic seances and made to kill animals. Which is, you can just copy and paste this. Copy and paste it. At the hearing at the High Court in Glasgow, the accused faced... A 14-page indictment listing 43 different charges was allegedly happened between January 2010 and March 2020 in Glasgow. The witchcraft aspect. Prosecutors state all 11 are said to have got the boy and older girl to take part in seances and use a Ouija board to call on spirits and demons. They also allegedly got the children involved in witchcraft, leading them to believe that they they themselves had uh, metamorphosed metamorphosed metamorphosized I don't know metamorphosed into animals so they morphed into animals they're doing war they're warging over there they allegedly got the children involved in witchcraft leading them to believe they had themselves morphed into animals shape-shifting I would um I would not say that that is that is bullshit. I wouldn't say that's bullshit. The eleven are the first. I, I'm going to save this particularly for that, for the night that we have somebody on. I'm reaching out to a few people who can talk about stuff like this right now. Uh, the eleven are further said to have worn cloaks and devil horns, as well as making the young boy stab a uh, a, a budgie to death. The group also accused of killing a number of dogs, including getting the children to attack the animals. The group faced further separate drug charges. Uh, the indictment states that they are now... Number of... Oh, well, these are all... I, they're, they're, they're probably connected to so many other rings, and of course they don't say anything. Because um, if they escape charges, they'll, they'll be killed one way or another. That's really what kept the Son of Sam stuff so tightly relegated to just David Berkowitz. Um, Susan Olson just texted me. Said Adrian Curry used to be my sister-in-law. 
she'd be great. Well, okay, then let's let's do it. We'll figure this out. I got a lot of things going on. This is one thing that I would love to add to the top. That's fun. So you take this stuff, the witchcraft, you take all of these one-off isolated tragedies that nobody ever wants to connect all of this, uh, the, the dots to, and then you have a little bit more of a uplifting story, which I would love to open up to people since we have 40 minutes left. Here's the headline from CB, uh, CBN.com. Kat Von D. Kat Von D recognizes a spiritual battle as she tosses books on witchcraft and tarot and moves from darkness to light. A world-renowned California tattoo artist and entrepreneur from the TLC reality TV series LA Inc. has had a spiritual awakening about dabbling in darkness. Kat Von D, whose full name is Catherine Von Drachenberg, used to offer a tarot-themed collection and a shade of black lipstick she had named Witches. But then in January of 2020, she sold her shares in her makeup company and began covering up her tattoos, according to Movie Guide. In an Instagram post on Thursday, Von D confessed to her followers, I got a lot of things wrong in my past. I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your lives right now, but in the last few years, I have come to some really meaningful realizations, many of them revolving around the fact that I got a lot of things wrong in my past. Today, I went through my entire library, threw out books that just don't align with who I am and who I want to be, she explained. The tattoo artist pointed out she definitely doesn't want to invite anything macabre into her home. Quote, I've always found beauty in the macabre, but at this point, I just had to ask myself, uh, what is my relationship with this content? And the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our family's lives, even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves, she noticed, or she noted. Von Drachenberg explained to her followers that there was definitely a spiritual battle taking place and she only wanted love and light around her and her family. In no way is this a post designed to put anyone down if you're into this stuff, because I think we are all on our own journey, and I love everyone regardless of where they might be. But right now, it's never been more clear to me that there is a spiritual battle taking place, and I want to surround myself and my family with love and light, she wrote. That being said, I want to send extra love to everyone out there, and hope that some of these trying times, you're making meaningful changes in your life, too. The Instagram post also included a photo of her home library and a photo of witches, tarot cards, and magic books she got rid of. Von D. and her family bought a home in Indiana in December of 2020 to escape California's, quote, terrible, terrible policies, tyrannical government overreach, ridiculous taxing, among so many other, more, and so much more corruption, Movie Guide reported. Quote, we just felt the need to plant roots in a small town where there is nature, where my son can be free to play, where we can uh, eventually retire one day, she said. Von D also recently closed her famous L.A. tattoo parlor and listed her California mansion for more than $12 million. Born in Mexico, her parents were missionaries for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, just like Desmond Dawes. So you wonder, where is her journey taking her? I mean, doesn't, she doesn't say what. She could have slipped into some love and light new age nonsense. But she, um, she has a Christian past, it seems. And who knows? 
the the one thing here is like I always tell people when it comes to your diet. Say, well, I, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time, and I don't have money to go out there and micromanage what I'm I'm buying at this point. I don't have time to eat organic. What do I do? And I said, well, the first thing you can do is diet by omission. There's plenty you can say no to as you're trying to figure everything out. This is an example of dieting by omission, spiritually. Obviously, she's holding her cards close to the chest, the way the way she should, because she's thinking about her family and their future. But imagine that, giving up the big corrupt cities, giving up the big, those big lives, looking for something a little bit more closer to nature, something that is, I think that's, that's pretty tremendous. But, you know, I am of the thought that the darkness is driving people out. And it's cozy, when she says the relationship, she's asking what the relationship that she has with all this stuff is. And I've also, I've all often asked myself those same things there too, because I really like the spooky. I don't live in it. You know, it's cozy to dip into Halloween land once a year for a couple of weeks. I enjoy that. The spookiness is attractive to me because I can control the level of spooky. You watch a scary movie because there's safety in being in your own home or a movie theater playing the observer. But if you were actually being chased around Haddonfield, by Michael Myers, it'd be a different story. Probably wouldn't be, uh, into, well, you wouldn't be running around while the guy with the knife is chasing you thinking, wow, this is so spooky. He's getting me. People are realizing that it's becoming harder to leave Haddonfield. That is a meta metaphorical Haddonfield. It's getting harder to leave that. Just like it was, we started realizing that the line between reality and parody had pretty much evaporated. And even more so, we built Haddonfield around us. That's what we did. And it manifests really dark results. It, it, it's not just costumes and props. The Ouija board is not just a toy. And uh, I think more and more people are starting to realize that. And as it is reflected in the behavior of people in society and those who are supposed to be our leaders and the de-evolution of the causes that we're always debating and talking about and I don't know it's odd it's odd but it's also uplifting that the cold water is being felt so here's a topic because we have 34 minutes left in this show tonight I would love to get some responses either later in the show as we open up the, the calls right now on discord or on on the phone 914-595-6953 you can send me a little something in the super chats or in the emails afterwards the question is, within the last three to five years, were you an atheist or agnostic and found yourself driven to firm belief in God? Now, perhaps you don't understand much yet, and perhaps you've just, you, you've, you, haven't, you still haven't been to church or anything like that, or uh, any church, I mean, any church that you have recognized you have recognized something has forced you to recognize that there is a God and it's just something inside of you you don't you don't really have all the answers you're still questioning a lot of things but something inside of you has suddenly come alive like a beacon has been activated like a buoy in a very a very rough sea a buoy has suddenly come to the surface and if this describes you and what you've gone through in the last three to five years, what was the catalyst? 
what was the catalyst? I don't, I don't, you don't, don't, you don't have to call in and, and, and preach. Not about that. I just want to know that one thing. In the last three to five years, have you gone from atheist or agnostic and found yourself driven to firm belief of God? And that's just the foundation you're building on that you're just happy you're there. Because I know people who are atheists and agnostic for intellectual reasons. It's not all rooted in seething hatred of the concept of God um, or belief in God just to be able to hate him. Which there is that out there too. And I think that's a, that's a motivating factor. That's one of those motivating factors for people to see that there is that seething hatred for it. And it's driven by something non-human. So, um, you know, when you see those proudly possessed people, the presence, you know that you're in the presence, the presence of that ancient adversary. So that's what I want to know from you in the next half hour, however the hell it works out. It'll be good to have you on talking with me about this. And, uh, and yeah, so let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're taking your calls on this topic. So keep it up. Their whole purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs, all existing governments, save theirs, and shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. And don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. Amen. And those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pens, and from there they will go to the slaughter, and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them.
Okay, 914-595-6953. Let's take... Let's take a little call. Alan in South Carolina, you're the first one up. Do you have an answer to my question? Uh, yes, Frank. You know, we... I started getting awakened back during the, the first thing of COVID when I started listening to you back in, I think, 2019, um, just before everybody first started. And uh, everything for me has got, I, I said to myself today, I'm, I'm better off today than I was a couple of years ago. And it's not because of this administration, it's because of a, a real solid relationship and trust in a, a, in a God and a higher power. And, uh, and because of the way things are, I've, I've squirreled my money away. I squirreled food away. I squirreled supplies away. I've actually, uh, I've actually purchased a, a, a handgun for self-defense because I deliver pizza. But it seems like a, I'm more patriotic. I care more about my country. I keep my head on a swivel, and I put all my trust in God. Uh, but each individual's got their own thing, and they got to find it in their own time. It's, that's just what I got to say as a 60-year-old. Six and seven year old man who lives down here near Folly Beach who enjoys every moment because tomorrow is not promised. So, Alan, um, would you say that three, five years ago you were, this is something that you didn't pay really much, I don't know, didn't put really much of your um, your heart into, or there's, it's been a, a, like a, a light switch was turned on in the last three years? Well, I, I heard Elon Musk say once that there, in none of his movies, there's a thin veil of consciousness that's been opened. And that kind of clicked in my head. I'm going, is that why I'm seeing what I'm seeing? Are we being allowed to see now what we couldn't see, say, in 1955, 1965, 1975? As we progress, all of a sudden, there's, there's like, golly, we can look back in the past and see how they screwed us over leaders we looked up to you know so i, I don't know if it's going to end apocalyptically um i do believe we got hope in this coming up uh, election this midterm election and then the next election and let's see if we can uh, all join together as as americans as, as people that love our state we love south carolina we stand with south carolina well we don't see it here like you see in la or new york city Ain't nobody gonna shoot anybody for cold French fries here. Well, that's uh, it's 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 heartwarming to hear, uh, Alan, and I I appreciate that, and I and thank you for the call. I actually believe that there is a um, there's a little bit more to that as well. You know, you didn't see it. What didn't you see years ago? Well, you have to um, you have to think about how you think about on a sliding scale of what's been going on. Like I have I have a a mixing board next to me. Where I can equalize any number of things, and there's a lot of there's a lot of sliders here that you can that can work. You have to think about the the scheme here, where normalcy and culture and and everything here at home, a domestic culture is very 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 robust and very solid in the late 40s, early 50s, coming out of that that post-war era. But you know, you're still you're you're almost 40 years. 30, 40 years after the Federal Reserve, things are, you have normalcy up here. They're starting to slide the debauchery up. You start getting into the 60s at all, 60s and 70s, and it all starts feeling a little bit more grimy. 
Like, what the hell's going on? It's just... And then well, debauchery just starts outpacing culture, and culture starts dipping to the point where the things that they said wasn't, didn't exist and had no chance of taking root is now the dominant. It's just something that's slow. Very Fabian socialist. Fabian taking little small bites out of things. So it creeps up on you. And the one thing that also fades away over, the, over that time is belief in belief in things that are are greater and supersede governments of man and your natural responsibilities to yourself your family and and everything else that um that supersede the laws of man as well which are now all larped so that's why i want to know has any of that been turned way back on you think of a Kat Von D. Kat Von D, based on what she was looking for, for her family, has found a 1950s lifestyle. Being close to nature, being away from the, the crazy taxation and the policies, the crazy policies that, that the commie down, and, and getting away from all this, this mainstream darkness. I want to know. You at home within the last three to five years were you? That's the, let's get specific with this. Last three to five years, were you atheist? Three years ago, or four or five years ago, and you are in a completely different place because of the way you have observed the world around you during that time. What was that catalyst? Three three four, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Who's this? This is Bam from Slapout, Alabama. Dan from Alabama, great to have you on. So, do you have a story that I'm looking for? I have two. I just wanted to say two things. Uh, the lotto was $1.2 billion, but the actual payout after taxes and the cut ended up being, I think, $450 million, which is still life-changing. But um, they definitely took um, – the government definitely takes a big bite. You don't get everything – when you do the payout up front. Right. And then second, um, per your religious question, um, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, um, I really got into libertarianism, which I'm still a libertarian. But they, I kind of led me down a road where agnosticism kind of intertwines, and a lot of libertarians are a little bit self-righteous on some, and on some aspects. Um, and then five years ago, six years ago maybe, I knew something was like missing, and I really didn't know what it was. Um, but, but I don't. I don't know. I just picked up the Bible and prayed, and um, I'm telling you, I'm happier today. I'm more successful. Um, I also uh, stopped some other bad habits. You know, not necessarily drinking a lot, but stopped drinking completely. Um, and put more into nature and going out instead of visiting big cities like New York. And this was before the whole COVID uh, scandemic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my question. That's, that's essentially my story. So it was just, it was, that was just something that, that you, along your way, you just felt a little bit of a, little bit of a, a blank spot, a little bit of a void, and you, uh, and you started searching for it, and, and that's what you found. So... That's a, it wasn't anything like around you that snapped you in, snapped you in to search for the the balancing agent to the evil that's on display or anything like that. 
No, um, I grew up in a church. Uh, my parents, uh, we all went to church, and I think part of it was rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then part of it, I wasn't, I, I did go to Auburn, and um, it definitely was not, it might be liberal now, I don't know, but it definitely wasn't liberal school. But um, like I said, hanging out in libertarian circles, only libertarians, uh, a lot of them have, myself included, an issue with authority. So it's easier not to uh, admit to a higher power, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it does. It makes perfect sense. And thank you for bringing that aspect to the conversation. Thanks again, man. Yes, sir. Have a nice night. You too. Be well. Okay. All right. Let's take a uh, let's take a look into... Here we go. Doc Keck. This should be interesting. So, Doc, I don't know. I, I know that you are a man of great faith, but I don't know your, your backstory. Um, do, do, does anything that we're talking about right now relate to you? Um... Why, yes, uh, I do have a personal story. Um, I uh, not prepared to answer that, but now that you asked it, I will. Was raised Catholic, um, kind of turned apostate mid like early twenties to Buddhism. Uh, Twenty years meditation, Eastern philosophy. Um, got into the occult. I learned about masonry. Did some practices. Got confirmation. God is real. <laughs> And that was enough for me to stop doing the practices. And I, I, I think it was at that point that God saved me. And it's in that vein that I believe that I was personally saved. Not like my soul was on the edge and God said, nope, you're going to stop this and you're going to follow me. And I have ever since. When, and how, how long ago was that, that realization where you came face to face with the confirmation that you realized, oh, I'm messing, I'm messing around with something that is uh, not only... Uh, not serving me well, but it's also a confirmation that I am on the opposite side of the right side. Well, it was almost actually for me, it was more of a temptation. Like my motivations for practicing were um, within and for a search of God. And I think that may be why I got the quality of answer that I received, which was another voice, another voice whispering in my ear, it pleases him. And I know the difference between having the internal monologue and the internal voice and having another entity's voice whispering in your ear. And that was enough for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like that's happened to me yet, but I'll just keep praying. Yeah, well, you know, be be blessed that um, your faith is strong enough to not necessarily even need that. Well, you you know, from from what I know about you, Doc, you're you're an adventurer when it comes to the um, the intellectual pursuits, and I can I can see you going on a long a long journey like that to try to gather as much information as possible, and then crossing paths with something that just tames you, at least in that yeah. respect. Because I know that your your curiosity is your curiosity is still pretty untamed, but. I- I think I think in that respect you've been tamed, and, and this this story this story makes it a lot more sound like a lot more sense is made of that. I also have another story that I also wanted to share. Um, that's all right. Go ahead. Uh, so I, I had actually lived with an atheist minister um, for a while, and um, I kind of came to the realization that atheism is like a belief in one's own self absent a creator, and at that point the ego becomes the foundation you know to the point where you know what we see today 
one magically gains the opportunity to tell others how they are required to both perceive and define you. You have to tell me my pronouns. That's <laughs> projecting one's own subjectivity upon another. So you're like being a creator and creating the perception in the other person. That's all ego. It's all humanism. You know, Satanists are humanists for a reason. So this is a, a, a weird story. You kind of have a two different... Um, stories with the same guy but one day i was outside praying and maybe tripping a little bit and, and i saw like this thing was kind of going into the place place where we lived and i like psychically prayed that it'd be cut and the next day he's like man my side was really hurt and it was the, the side that he pointed what is it was the same part of the body that i had pointed having issues with when i had first moved in and a, a couple weeks after that uh we're driving to play frisbee golf and um, I'm driving, and we had gotten to a theological argument. He has a glass of wine in his hand. And I have to pull in. I was going about, I was going faster than what I should have. And I pulled into this park where we were playing frisbee golf. But as I'm pulling in, this big box truck is heading right towards us, like head on. And for that minute, he realizes, or he's under the impression that he is going to die. And in that moment, he, he screams, his arms start playing. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I start laughing hysterically because it was like God had put that within me just so that he could have that experience and that acknowledgement that even an atheist minister whose license plate was anti-God would in the final moments still recognize his creator. Jeez, what 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 a I, that is such an edge lord, uh, license plate. Oh man, what a license yeah, plate. So so but oh, and we only we only have time for one for this one uh, story. But let me ask you one last question about this one story. Um, after that experience with the box truck coming your way, and him seeing his life flash before his eyes, um, when everything was said and done and disaster was averted. Did you bring up the the situation and what he, who he just cried out to? Did it change him in any way? Did he look inward at all? Did it did it make him think? Absolutely. Even if he wouldn't acknowledge it, yeah, I could see it. Well, Doc, thanks again for the call. Sir, many blessings. Thank you. All right. Be well. Did you? S no atheists in foxholes, they say. But then again, I can also see how there's an opposite effect where. You know the um, to wit. I I can see how the to witness ugliness all around you, in such overwhelming ways for prolonged periods of time can actually, for some some people, beat them into a a hopelessness where they believe that there's actually nobody or nothing looking out for you. I can understand that. What that kind of trauma can do to a person and their faith and. And I can also see how some people would allow that and would allow that to to help them double down on their faith. So um, that's interesting. And it's also interesting to and very, very well put by Doc to say you're talking about humanism and and how you pretty you put your ego up front. We've talked about the the differences, the simil similarities uh, to Luciferianism, Satanism, which I, I think are, are interlinked, but at, on different levels. 
Satanism is a little bit more of the chaotic, um, the chaotic, um, I don't know, the mess that we're left with right now, where people are just, they're not even thinking about God, they're not even thinking about the darkness, they're just thinking about nothing but chasing chasing the high self-satisfaction giving willing to give away the future for the right now and just being completely out of their minds and in that respect they are they are producing energy that is harvested by those who understand what's going on those a little bit more nuanced in their approach and uh, actually see a method to the madness but i was watching some horrible video it was about like a minute long there was some progressive church here in New York that's been completely taken over by the LGBT. It's, it's like a rainbow church. They're all over the place. It's it's really sad. And there was a, I don't know, someone who fashions themselves a preacher or minister of something that brought in a drag drag queen into the church. Like, call, was up at the altar and you see all the traditional stained glass, and you can tell that this thing, this church was built years ago, and saner people, a better generation, was inhabiting the, um, the, you know, the building. And here it is now, controlled, conquered by absolutely insane fucking people, and calls in this big giant uh, drag queen, a black guy dressed as a woman, ass hanging out, just like you know skipping down the aisle, everybody clapping, crazy hair bouncing all over the place, ass out, up goes up to the altar. Just it's just, it's their place. And I said to myself, wow. This was I think about a week and a half ago. Week and a half ago I had I had said that um when it came to SCOTUS and gay marriage, like SCOTUS and abortion and all that stuff, and what it really meant what what our our separation of powers is really all about. I ended up saying that from the last however many years, they've been able to create their own churches anyway. And they did. They created their own faith. It's the birth of a new secular faith. And they are at the center of it. They have put themselves at the center of it. I mean, what, who who are you worshiping? You're, You're praying to God? Are you really, you're really striking up a dialogue with God? When you, when you bring sexual kink into a, a church, I mean, you, you've, you've created your own religion and you're at the center of it. There's nothing more ego-driven than that. There's nothing more satanic than that. Where even if you're not the drag queen in the church, you're the one patting yourself on the back for thinking, look at what you, and this is, I made this possible with my, with my open, my open mind and my open heart. I made this possible, this charade. Yeah. So there's a lot. And I'll tell you, a video like that is, is, could be one of those catalysts for people to say, I, there's gotta, there's, there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something to counterbalance this. This is chaotic. This is abusive. This is evil. There's got to be a balance to this. There has to be a counterbalance to this. And that question, I know, at least, especially in the last three years, 2020 was enough to, to send anybody wondering what the hell planet we're on. That has got to be the, pl- the, the question that many people have asked themselves to at least start that journey. 717, you're on oh the air. God. What? Hello? 
Hi. Hi. Go right ahead, caller. Okay. Uh, 850, you're on the air. Hello. How you doing? Hello. How are you? Hi. Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk about the fact that I always believed in God but never really considered myself a Christian. Is that parameters for you? Well, I mean, uh, I, I, I really wanted to get specific with within the last three to five years. Did you have little to no faith in anything bigger than what your personal life is? No faith in an atheist or agnostic. And in the last three to five years, what has changed? So it sounds like you've always you've always been in the fold there. So I and it's, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really line up. Though I'm sure it's a, a wonderful story. Can you nutshell it in thirty seconds? Yeah. Uh, for Go ahead. years, I was into metaphysics. Uh, 13 years ago, I got into Transcendental Meditation through Operation Warrior Wellness. Uh, I'm a Marine. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the COVID thing, you know, I worked for the DOD. There was no way I was going to take the back, right? And I just kind of thought to support my religious exemption. By the way, I made a religious exemption declaration, and I wrote that on the thing. I said, my beliefs are not up for review by the DOD or any chaplain or anybody. This is a declaration, take it or leave it. It's not up for approval, uh, but which I think is a stance everyone should take. But as what happened, so I ordered this Bible to kind of support my metaphysical beliefs on God. And I grew up in the South, so I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the kind of Christian mores and whatnot. So I'm a reasonably decent dude. And um, so I started reading the Bible and I would get the same buzz I get from Transcendental Meditation that I got reading the Bible, which begs the question to me, whoever the people are and whoever Jesus you, you know, was when they, 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 he, he taught these sermons and these people wrote this stuff down, they must have been operating on a really, really high frequency Absolutely. for that frequency to translate printed text into my head and I got the, you know, and, and it's the pineal gland, I think is what it is, is what you're activating when you, when you meditate. Um, it's a mantra, transcendental, technically a, a, a trademark. Well, I think, I think that you've actually hit on a, a really, I think you've hit on a really, and I thank you for the call. I want to try to get at least one more in. And, and what's your name again, sir? Tony. Tony. Thank you for the call because I think you've actually hit on something that I uh, that is uh, is is makes po- ter- po- uh, perfect sense for the topic at hand, and I'll um, I'll uh, I'll put that out there right now. Thank you for the call, Tony. Um, so what Tony was just talking about started off as yeah something that's always been in his background. Has it really been expressed? That's a, that's a, another thing that's that's very relatable for people. A faith, especially if you're a Christian in the United States, you probably grew up, most people do. And around here, most people grew up Catholic, but it wasn't really anything. It really wasn't anything you took serious. Not as a child. You grow up, then in high school, you, you, you drift away. And it's always just been in the background. And it's always something you're familiar with, but it, has, it, doesn't really, it hasn't taken hold. It hasn't come to life. And the fact that 
the impetus for Tony to read the holy book that is, that has been in his in his uh, neighborhood that's been in his life in the background for so many years. The impetus for doing that was this ungodly push especially from the United States military and what they were trying to do and what they have managed to do with so many organizations out there and pushing this stuff with the mandatory man- medicine and violating everybody's civil rights in that respect, that that actually was the impetus. So you can say, was he agnostic? Was he atheist? Not atheist. It didn't sound like that with Tony. But to be able to be in a position where all of a sudden there is a catalyst for you to pick something up and I know many people, I, I know one at least, who said, I do not want this damn shot. He works in New York, good friend of ours. I do not want this shot. I'm claiming a, medic- a, a, uh, a religious exemption. And he told me about it. He said, I got my religious exemption. And I know this guy was not a church-going man. Uh, probably would, would cringe at anybody talking about God in the past or anything like that. I said, so, so-and-so. Have you picked up the Bible at all? Have you started praying? How are you, are you, have you thought about holding up your end of the deal? If Jesus is going to be, has, has come to your aid in this way, where you've been able to invoke his name to get out of the way of this, 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 this uh, dart, are you going to hold up your end of the deal? He says, I already have. I said, are you serious? Congra- I said, that's all. I, I was so happy for him. I said, that, first of all, it's just a, an integrity thing to do. That's a lot of integrity right there. Just on, just on a base, uh, based on a deal, I'm going to, okay, what, what tools do I have available to reclaim my bodily autonomy? A religious exemption? Fine. I'm not a religious guy, but I will claim religious exemption. That's at least a dignified thing to do, to hold up your end of the, uh, the deal and at least look into the word you know, I, I like that. That's, an, that's something there. So Tony brought up a really great point that made me think of other uh, supporting stories. Man, 858. It's too bad it's time to go. But we can bring this up again tomorrow. Um, two hours. We always fill up the time nicely. We really do. Um, but that's it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, uh, let's get me some of your emails. Not many pages. All I want to know, remember, remember, it's very, very easy. Within the last three to five years, were you agnostic or atheist? And have, some, and have now found yourself driven to a firm belief in God, even though you don't have nearly any of the answers that you want. That something inside of you has just come alive. And with that, what was the catalyst? So maybe I'll make a thread, but for now, I think it's good enough for you guys and gals to just email me at quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. That's it. That's it, ladies and gents. I'm glad that we were able to spend this time together. And then, um, yeah, tomorrow's another day with Danny Katz as our guest. Second half, we'll have plenty of time to stretch out, so maybe we can do more of this. A little bit of a follow-up. There's so many great calls coming in, and unfortunately, I don't have another hour to take them all. So I'm sorry, ladies and gents. I really am. Uh, Tomorrow we will pick up where we left off. And then on Thursday we have uh, 
We have Amazing Polly, who I'm sure she'll have some things to say about all this. So, night. I will see you soon. Oh, wait. Let me make sure I didn't miss anybody on the Super Chats. Let me sure I didn't make it. Uh, Jesse James says, Frank, check out YouTube link to the Super Chat. Uh, it's not linked. I reminded by the Zoso dude's call yesterday, and there was something about the show I find fascinating. It calms me down and happy. Uh, Jesse James, Dangerous Info Podcast. What link? To the Super Chat, it's not linked. Uh, so send it to me an email. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to send me links in the middle of the show, you should probably send it just to my email. Because the, the chances that I will be able to click them during the show is very low. Whenever I ask for supporting media that I can't find, usually everybody in the chat in the chat in the Discord, they'll toss it in there and I'll be able to grab it real quick. But uh, Super Chats is not a good place to exchange links. So just send that to me elsewhere. 394160 says, Frank, do you like the band Coheed and Cambria? They are from Nyack, New York. Is that close to you? Yes, Nyack is very close. And actually, the last gig that we played in May, we covered Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria, which was one of their biggest hits, if not the biggest. So let's see here. Nasty Coos says, hey, Frank, what are you doing to prepare for August 8th? What's August 8th? What are you doing to prepare for August 8th? I don't know. Is that like one of those psychic dates? Am I missing something? Uh, Mr. Smith says, I sent you a $20 tip over the weekend. Just wanted to know if you got it. I don't know. Where? Here? I don't see anything. I'm sorry about that, Mr. Smith. I'll take a look around for it. I don't want you to feel like you got gypped. But uh, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you one and all. Thank you everybody that's been watching on Theta, on YouTube, Foxhole that is nestled on QuiteFrankly.tv, Twitch, the Rumble, the, uh, the Rockfin. A lot of people enjoying themselves tonight, and so did I. Thank you, Rise Attire, Switch Rod. Let's see what else we have. Annette says, did you see the co-founder of the South African Church of Satan found God? Beautiful story. Yes. I watched that video. It's, it's very jarring. You can tell that he had a really profound experience. And um, I, think, I think Tracy played a little bit for the audience when we were recording Dark to Light weeks ago. And it was very powerful. For sure, I saw that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Switch Rod, 8850 strong. Thank you, Sean Joe, Texas Land, Tofu, Moda Lisa, so much more. Thank you, guys and gals. I will see you tomorrow. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, podcast. <laughs> Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Jesse James, Nasty Coos, three nine four, Silky Johnson, Mister Smith, New York State of Mine Crystal Shop, Silky Johnson, Sleuth Sister, 
Headley Bear, Silky Johnson again, Matt Senft, Linda Lou 22, Hello Kitty SKS, thank you again, uh, Kitty, on behalf of Lauren, Karina, Revolution, I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for tonight. <laughs>